Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition in New York City and Connecticut for the last 14 years. And I wanted to talk to you today about health and happiness. Trust me, these two things go together and everybody wants them. We know that stress plays a big part in not only our health, but also in our happiness. And I wanted to take the time today to talk about our emotional well-being and certain tools we can use to help our stress and feel more at ease and have peace. If we have more peace, I think we would be healthier for it. I think being at peace is not something new to try to do or a new skill set, but it is actually by nature what we are. It's just that all the other emotions that we have get in the way of us being at our natural peaceful state. It has taken me years to understand that these other emotions or feelings are not our truth, but literally energy that runs through our mind and our bodies that needs to be felt in order to be released and healed. There are lots of different things we can do to release such emotions or energy. Meditation is the first tool I use when going through a difficult time to try to feel better. It's a way for me to hit the pause button from my daily life. It's a way to let go, not just for the upsetting emotion, but for everything. And I mean everything. I let go of my upset, my role as a doctor, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and all the to-do lists that go with all these roles. In meditation, thoughts may come and go, but the goal is just to observe and not feed any thoughts. The more time you spend meditating, the better you get at observing your thoughts and eventually silencing them. In this silence is a wonderful peace you can only get when connected to your inner source. The same peace you get when walking on a cool summer night outside enjoying nature, or the same peace you get when talking to a good friend. Those moments of peace can be found in our daily life by many things. But they are just moments until the next moment comes, and the goal is to become aware and make as many moments as you can from this interconnected peace. The goal is to live a life in walking meditation where you are always connected to that inner peaceful source. During meditation, I like to find that silence and then go from there and ask the universe for what I need or just share what's bothering me or anything else that's on my heart. I then go back into silence to hear what my heart has to say. In this silence of connection is where I find the answers I need. To me, this is what meditation should be. It's a full cycle of communication that's just missing if you're sitting there in silence. In the silence is where you are listening, but you also need to add talking to complete the cycle. Try it, and you'll be amazed at how much better you feel. Every day I like to meditate because every day is filled with thousands of moments where I can choose peace and happiness, or I can choose upset and fear. Yes, life is a choice no matter what is going on in your life. We can't control everything, but what we can control is how we respond. We are in the middle of a pandemic. We can't choose that. It's a circumstance outside of our control. But what we can choose is how we react to it. We don't choose how we react to it on a weekly or daily basis. We choose how we react to it every single moment.
Yes, every single moment is a choice to either choose fear or to choose love. We choose to stay home, not out of fear, but out of love for each other to stay safe. The action is the same, the action of staying home, but it's the emotion or the energy behind it that makes a difference. The choice is yours. You're not stuck at home. You are safe at home. You can choose which one to believe. I used to think thoughts were our truth and we needed to express every single one of them. We, well, you can imagine how much trouble that used to get me into. But thoughts come and go and they're energy that can be released. We see it all the time within ourselves how we have two opposing thoughts and we're wasting so much energy fighting ourselves. You know, I love him. Oh, I hate him. One day you love your job, the next day you're thinking of quitting. Our thoughts are fleeting. The truth lies under the thoughts where the silence and the peace are. Thoughts are also chemical reactions in the brain that trigger other chemical reactions in the body. No thought is neutral, and that's why health and happiness are intertwined. Yes, happiness is something that can be learned. You may have heard that happiness is a choice, but the question is, how can you learn to make that choice? When everything is going the way you expected, or maybe even better than you expected, it is easy to be happy. Feeling happy is our default when our expectations are met. What needs to be learned, and it can be learned, is to be happy when our expectations are not being met. Some people say not to have expectations is the easiest thing to do, but I don't think so. For the definition of expectation is to have a strong belief that something will happen. To not have an expectation is to stop believing, to not have hope, and what kind of life would that be? The goal would be to have hope, to have expectations, and trust that if your expectation is not being met, that it is for your greater good. The goal is to have expectations and be flexible for expectations are assumptions, and you know what happens when one assumes. When an expectation is not met, when you assumed wrong, when you were blindsided, there is something to be learned from that situation, and it is usually not about the situation itself or the other people in it, but to learn something about yourself. If you do learn the lesson, you will grow from it. In that growth, your comfort zone increases, meaning you have more situations that no longer make you feel uncomfortable, and you can handle more of life with ease. Fewer things will stress you out. In being able to handle more, you can live a fuller life. A fuller life means a happier life, for it will be easier to choose happiness with a wider comfort zone. When your expectations are not being met, you may not be able to see the greater good in that moment or even a year later, but somewhere down the line of living your life, you will look back on that moment and know that what happened made you stronger. That's why the saying, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger, it's known so well. But what happens when your expectations are not being met and you're in the middle of the growth process? I mean, it can be really uncomfortable. I think that's what many of us are feeling right now in the middle of the pandemic. It can feel awful and look ugly. I mean, you have two choices. You can either resist the growth and make it feel even more uncomfortable, or you can surrender to the process knowing that what you're going through and the way you are feeling is only temporary. 
Signs of resistance include addiction, anxiety, insomnia, negative distractions like too much TV, eating too much chocolate. You can feel resistance in your body in the form of a tension headache, upset stomach, or constipation. When your body is upset, stop and check in with your thoughts and find the pattern of thinking that is causing the disease and choose a better way of thinking. Reframe your thinking, whether it is more healthy thoughts, reasonable thoughts, truly happy thoughts, or where's the sense of humor? Keep a sincere smile on your face, and I promise you, you can feel better. What does the surrendering look like? The process of surrendering means you choose thoughts that bring you peace and happiness. You have to have the discipline to one, watch your thoughts, and two, when you have a thought that makes you unhappy, stop yourself and start thinking about something that makes you happy, even if it's a different topic altogether. I have personally found the quickest way for me to put a smile on my face is to think of my daughters. Only think about the topic that is causing upset in order to problem solve. Do not dwell on it. Do not go back and forth in decision making. And if you can catch yourself doing so, have the discipline to stop. When you first start watching and choosing your thoughts, the easiest thing to do is to distract yourself as a way of choosing another thought. When you're upset about the topic and you can't problem solve it, then take your mind off of the topic altogether, but make sure if you are going to distract yourself, you do it with a healthy outlet like exercise, productive work, an enjoyable book. If you don't choose happiness, by default you are choosing sadness or somewhere on the spectrum of sadness, including fear, anger, frustration, irritation, desperation, and on the extreme end, that's depression. Yes, depression is a choice that, if chosen enough times, creates a biochemical reaction in the brain that gets hardwired and starts becoming second nature. The good news is, if you can choose depression, you can also choose to get out of depression. If the depression is due to circumstance, for an example, breakup, loss of a job, or death of a loved one, watch your thoughts carefully as you process and integrate the new circumstance. Feel your feelings, think your thoughts, but do not get stuck on thoughts that drag you down. If the depression was a slow process and somehow you find that you went from childlike happiness to adult depression, it can be a slow process to get out of depression once you choose to do such. For once the goal is set, every choice after that either takes you towards your goal or away from your goal. So maybe 10,000 good choices have to be made to get you out of your depression, and that'll take a lot of work, a lot of self-love, but it can be done. The progress may be slow at times, but you have to have the expectation, the belief in yourself that you can do it. That mindset will make all the difference. Know that it is a journey with ups and downs, but if you check in with yourself every three to four weeks and you see progress in how you're feeling, then stay on the path. Keep doing the work, making good choices on what you think, eat, work, and how you spend your free time. Let go of the bad choices and keep the good choices firm. If you check in with yourself and do not see progress, then figure out things that can change and start making changes. 
one change at a time. Do not feel overwhelmed and start with the change that will be easiest for you to make. Another key to learning happiness is to have the discipline not to give in to instant gratification. Those things that make you happy in the moment, but that you later regret, happiness is something to be created for the long haul. So you have to have enough discipline to see the big picture and choose not to give in to your every whim. One has to have the wisdom to choose for the greater good, to choose what is best for the long haul. You have to have a goal in sight and know what choice is going to get you there. If you think losing 30 pounds will make you happier because you will be able to walk up a flight of stairs without getting winded, or maybe it'll help you take less blood pressure medication and fit back into your favorite genes, then you have to have the knowledge that eating that donut that your coworker brought into work is not actually going to make you happy. You are living an illusion if your goal is to lose weight and you choose to eat that donut. Yet, how many of us sabotage ourselves? How often do we set a goal and end up making choices that don't get us anywhere other than five steps forward just to later make choices that take us five steps back, ending up in the same place? During these times of self-sabotage, take time to be introspective and look at your thoughts and debug your brain to find which thoughts are not serving your goal. It could be a thought of, I'm working really hard, so I deserve that donut, or I ate poorly this morning, so today is ruined, so I might as well enjoy eating that donut. No matter how we truly justify it, it will not make us truly happy. In fact, we'll feel guilty, remorse, maybe even an upset stomach or a headache from too much unhealthy fat and sugar. These are subconscious reasons for self-sabotage, and they are due to a lack of self-love and forms of lack of self-worth, and feeling disloyal to our friends and family if we are happier. In order to reach any goal one has, you have to feel worthy of it. So watch your thoughts for negative self-talk and ask yourself where that thought came from. Is the thought something you truly believe, or is it the voice of a parent or a teacher or a friend? We are programmed with thoughts all the time, so make the time to deprogram your thinking when thoughts come in that don't serve you, and choose a thought to replace it. Maybe the thought used to serve a purpose, but if it's now holding you back from happiness, then it is of no use. For example, if you have a goal of making more money, but you have a thought that creeps up every now and then that rich people are selfish. But is that really true? No. Could you replace that thought with another thought? Absolutely. Another way we self-sabotage is by thinking if we reach our goal, we are being disloyal to our friends and family. Let's say you do start making more money and you fear that your friends and family will be jealous, and so that type of thinking actually keeps you from making the money. If they really do become jealous, that is not your fault, and that shows where they have growth to do, and that's something you're not responsible for. You need to first and foremost be loyal to yourself. Loyalty to self, self-worth, self-love are all attributes that need to be cultivated for they will bring happiness. In other words, you do have a relationship with yourself and that relationship, just like any other, needs to be worked on with love and compassion. A daily spiritual practice of meditation, journaling, 
or reading can help you spend time with yourself. During this time, be introspective to figure out what thoughts are holding you back. It is best to spend time alone in the morning so you have more inner strength to make good choices throughout the day, bringing you closer to what you really want, bringing you closer to happiness. With this first part of emotional well-being, I hope it helps you realize more about what emotions are, that it's energy that runs through the mind and body, communicating something to you that you can become aware of, that thoughts are a choice and you can choose happiness, and that one of the tools to help is meditation, but not just by silencing the mind, but to get full benefits, try a full cycle of communication where you share whatever is going on in your heart and then listen for that inner voice. Next week, I will give more tools you can use to put your mind and emotions at ease and explain more about the subconscious mind and what hinders us from living our healthiest, happiest lives.